0: There's other like serious issues in the way. what he does, he realizes this is a, a big issue um, and it's an important thing. And so he takes a minute from building the wall to be able to take care of this issue and resolve this problem that's going on. And so I want to ask you, where 5, starting verse 1. Now there arose a great outcry of the people, and of their wives, against the Jewish, their Jewish brothers. For there were those who said, With our sons and our daughters we are many, so let us get praying. Said, hey, give me your livelihood, give me your job, give me your only way to support yourself, the only way to feed your family, you give that to me, and then I'll pay your tax for you. Where does that mean, that person? It leaves them stuck in a position of poverty, stuck in a position they can't get out of, and of their wives. (laughs) Nehemiah makes specific mention of the fact that mamas ain't happy. Mamas are not liking what's happening to their babies here. This is not good. They're upset. Supposed to be living by. God said this to him in Exodus chapter 22. If you lend money to any of my people with you who is poor, you shall not be like a money lender to him, and you shall not exact interest from him. If you ever take your neighbor's cloak and pledge, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down. For that is his only covering, and it is what else shall he sleep? And if he cries to me, "I will hear, for I am compassionate." And God's intent for His people, which the Israelites here are His people, and God's intent for them is to be compassionate. In the C'est sûr. what we see is happening here in the book of Nehemiah is that these people have let greed take over. And in their greed, they are hurting their brothers and sisters. In their greed, they are injuring others. And so what we need to know is the fact that God is compassionate and he wants his people to be as compassionate as he is. And that's a beautiful thing. Is the beautiful thing to see in God's people. Or just compassionate people. And the blessing is being a pastor, getting to see when there's a need and maybe nobody else knows about it, but then God will a need on somebody or one of his people's hearts and then they just meet that need. And it's a beautiful thing to watch, the way that, that God's people can work together and just be a blessing to one another and help each other out. And that's what the way that God designed it to be. be the yet because of our sin, I'm just getting for me what I want instead of being compassionate as God wants us to be compassionate. So what's Nehemiah's response to this? Verse 6. I was very angry when I heard their outcry in these words. is not happy about this. He knows this is a problem. He doesn't like it. Verse 7, he said, I took counsel with myself. This is our first step. at each other. So he's trying to figure out how to resolve this problem between them, how to work through this thing with them. His first step is the fact that he takes counsel with himself. And for some of us, that's a, a hard step to do because when we get angry about something, what are we going to do? I'm going to go fix this right now. I'm going to go straighten them out. I'm going to go tell them what's up and smack them outside the head or we're going to straighten out. He's Onto to those that were taking advantage of others and said, alright, I'm taking everything you've got and I'm giving it to them and we'll see how you like it now. Right. You don't get any of your toys anymore. They're all your sisters. <laughs> he could have flown off the handle out of his anger over the situation and just responded to that. But instead, Thank with this when it concluded for the Christian to be praying through this praying over this situation Nehemiah throughout his books talked about his prayer life and I'm sure he, is, he was praying here as he's consulting with himself and so it's a very important Tell ourselves, think through it, and then take some action and move forward. This is how we follow what Paul tells us in Ephesians. Ephesians 4, um, Paul tells us this. He says, in your anger, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So the anger itself, especially in a situation like this when with Nehemiah, is not the problem. You know, when you see a major injustice, the appropriate response is anger. A righteous anger. Uh, this makes me mad that this is going on. But in that, do not sin. Do not go to the point where you're making things worse. And you do that by taking a step back, consulting with yourself, working through this, and then dealing with it. As Paul says in Ephesians, do not let the sun go down in your anger. Don't don't get stuck in the consult with yourself phase. All right. Because for some of us, the, the, these first two things we're going to see. Some of us are more tempted not doing the first one some of us are continuing towards not doing the second one, all right. So some of us don't want to consult with ourselves and others of us only want to consult with ourselves, all right? Um, so let's look at the second thing. Next thing uh, Nehemiah does here in verse seven, he says, and I brought charges against the nobles and the officials. I said to them, you're exacting interest from me, each from his brother. And I held a great assembly against them and said to them, As far as we are able, we have brought back our Jewish brothers who have been sold to the nations. But you even sell your brothers that they may be sold to us. They were silent and could not find a word to say. And in verse 9, he says, So I said, The thing that you are doing is not good. all you not to walk in the fear of our God to prevent the talks of the nations or enemies? So Nehemiah is the problem, and that's what we have to do. When there's a problem, we have to address it. We can't just kind of sweep it under the rug and hope it goes away. When there's a conflict like this, we can they know maybe God will just really lay it on their hearts that they will stop taking advantage of their brothers and sisters. A lot of times the way that God does that is through one of his people speaking truth in this situation. And that's what we need to do. And so, Sometimes some of us we really struggle with taking a minute for that first one to consult with ourselves before we want to address the problem, and others of us want to just consult with ourselves and never get to the point where we address the problem. Right? We just hope it goes away, which it doesn't. And we have to deal with it. We have to work through this, and so we have. own sides of a situation, and they're just arguing with each other. And it's another thing where you see an injustice happening. Because an injustice, by its nature, what it is, is the opposite of compassion. Right? And what God calls us to be is compassionate. And when we see an injustice, especially among God's Injustice is. And so we have to speak to that. We have to address those problems. That's what the MI does here. He speaks up. Verse 10. say, yeah, I've been taking their fields and enslaving their kids. That's the part that really got him carried away. But what he sees is, hey, what I have been doing contributes to the problem. I'm not, I'm not as guilty as some of you, but I'm taking ownership for what I have been wrong. For how I have contributed to this problem. And so, he said, hey, let's stop this. But first, he said, what we have to do. When we're dealing with conflict, when we're dealing with injustice, we have to take ownership for our fault and the problem. So how, maybe you're a boss at work and your employees aren't getting together, getting along all together or something that's just not right there. But is there anything in your leadership or in the way you've structured things at work that leads to that? Is there something that you're doing there that you need to take ownership of? Maybe maybe it's in the church and um, you're on the outside of the situation, but you see a problem that's going on between two people. Um, well, is there some way that you're contributing to that problem? To take ownership of it. Not only that, he also sets the example of repentance. Repentance is a biblical word meaning this is what I've been doing, and I'm not going to do it anymore. And he sets that example for us. And He makes that public. He makes that public to the people. He's like, "Yeah, I've been a part of this too, but I'm stopping it now. No more. It's done. I'm not going to do it anymore." He goes on from there in verse 11. Return to them this very day their fields, their vineyards, their olive orchards, their houses, and the percentage of money, grain, wine, and oil that you have been extracting from them. He's like, hey, all, everything you've taken from these people, take advantage of them. Give it back. That's the right thing to do. Give it back to them. And then they said, we will restore these and require nothing from them. We will do as you say. Called the priests and made them swear to do as they had promised. I also shook out the fold of my garments and said, So may God shake out every man from his house and from his labor who does not keep this promise. So may he be shaken out and emptied. And they simply said, Amen, and praised the Lord, and the people did as they had promised. And so, here's what we need to do. We need to give this stuff back to these people. They need to be provided for. They need to to have a way to feed their families. They need to have have a way to eat. They need to have their jobs back. And so he brings forward this resolution to the problem. That's what we need to do when we're dealing with conflict. We don't need, need to go up and say, hey, you're really wrong. With this problem, this week, this, in this way, and um, do you guys ever see things like on the news or stuff like that you really just kind of breaks your heart and you really feel for people that are going through this? Um, I had one of these recently um, when uh, this last hurricane season. all this, and it breaks my heart, and I'm like, well, oh, how can we help? Uh, well, the great thing is about our church, and the way that our church is structured, and the way we do missions, is uh, Derek always prays for our co- prophet program. Out to the mission board and said, hey, what else can we do? Can we help the people who are um, And they said, well, actually, right now we're good. So like, are okay, great. Well, between our churches, we're, we're helping people we are meeting the need that they think they have right now. So that's great. Well, this week they came back to me and they said, hey, we had some cancellations and we're wondering if you want to bring a team down to come help us. you what it'll be—it's moving debris from a hurricane. I say if you have allergies to mold, don't come because everything's mold infested. And they're starting; uh, their strategy is very good. They're starting by focusing on churches in all the communities, and they're like, if we can get the churches taken care of, then we can use that as a hub for reaching out and helping people in their homes. And so like I said, we don't know. What is just going in, and I said, well, do you like, skilled workers, or they said, we need able-bodied people that can move debris. That's what we need. um, and I would add to that I can do so while showing the love of Jesus. Because this hurricane have the opportunity to go in and be the light of Christ and say, I know you're hurting people. Here, let me pick up this tree and move it. This used to be your house. I'll help you clear it out of the way. That's an opportunity we have before us. As I said, the timeline makes it very difficult. They're looking for 8 to 10 of us to be willing to go. And so I put it out there to you. You want to be and so um, I just put that out there, and we will see. For you guys, that. it's about a week, so, uh, so I'll shoot I'll shoot out a church when email uh, with all the details I have, and you guys can, can pray over it. It's about a week. I think it's a uh, Wednesday. something else. You notice what he did? He called in the priest and others and he said, hey, hold them to this. This is what they're saying they're going to do. You guys hold them to it. And on top of that, he offers a curse over the people. He says, hey, if, if you don't follow through with your word, shake you out. Yeah, get off me. Like that. That's what God's going to do to you. And that's what put it up. Verse 14, he says this. Moreover, in the time that I was appointed to be their governor, so this is the first time he's mentioned this, that for the whole book, ever since Artaxerxes had sent him to do this work, he was appointed as the governor. He has that authority over the whole place. That's why he's the one dealing with this conflict anyway. But he's a humble guy, and he hasn't even put out his credentials. He only does it here to tell us about how he doesn't take advantage of his Took from them for their daily ration forty shekels of silver. Even their servants lorded it over the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of God. I also persevered in the work on this wall, and we acquired no land, and all my servants were gathered there for the work. Moreover, there were at my table 150 men, Jews and officials, besides those who came to us from the nations that were around us. Sheep and birds, and every ten days all kinds of wine in abundance. Yet for all this I did not demand the food of. I want to Six thousand two hundred eighty sheep that he, that he used over this 12-year period, and lying in abundance every 10 days. So you look at that and you say, wow, that's a lot of compassion. And some people want to come to things like this in the Bible and say, well, the problem is that, well, we shouldn't have any stuff, we shouldn't have any money. Nehemiah's example here, the opposite. He obviously had great wealth to be able to, to offer up 26,000 sheep. Either he's got a lot of money, he's buying a lot of sheep, whether he has an incredible herd out there somewhere. He's got great wealth. So the wealth itself is not the problem. The issue is, what do you do with the? He does take- stuff. And Jesus said, if you want me to be your God, you've got to get rid of your God that you have right now. That's the statement that's going on here in Nehemiah. These people, their God was their stuff, and they're taking advantage of their brothers and sisters to get more stuff. But yet, the Bible has Good at business. Don't feel bad about that. to everything. He ends this chapter with verse 19 saying, Remember for my good, O my God, all that I have done for this people. He said, hey, for those of us who are followers of Jesus. To reflect. To reflect on his compassion for us. To reflect on the price that he paid for us.